The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey guys, Ralph Marlboro here. We need your support to keep Saints Happy Hour going this offseason. Please support the show by becoming a patron so we can continue to cover the Saints in the ridiculous fashion you've come to expect. If you support the show, you get access to the podcast ad-free. No ads ever. Plus, you get our world-famous booze bundle, four swag items, amazing. And you get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7. So please support Saints Happy Hour so we can keep this amazing community growing. Support the show at SaintsHappyHour.com today. G'day, it's Stevic from 12 Ninja here. And look, if you like American football, you should check out Saints Happy Hour podcast. I personally know fuck all about American football, other than it's a bunch of massive blokes wearing spandex shoulder pads and helmets running around with a throwing a football. In Australia, you don't throw footballs. You punch it or you kick it. And there's um, no protection. They're all naked. And there's sharks and crocodiles fired out of cannons onto the field and we all stand around and drink blood watching it but American football is your thing you know what to do Saints Happy Hour podcast stick it in your ear hole alright everybody welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour podcast hope you are having a fantastic Memorial Day weekend we have a great show for you tonight we're going to talk salary cap increase, how it affects the Saints. We're going to talk about, is June 1st in the month of June, is it going to be more and bigger and ex- more exciting than usual? We're going to talk about Saints players we irrationally hate, even though sometimes they don't deserve it. And we're going to talk about bad decisions you've made because of an emotion or just a bad decision that you immediately regretted as soon as you did it. Uh, thanks for joining us. Listen, if you see the boxes and you're on YouTube, you realized we have a special guest tonight. Uh, Andrew is drunk in the wilderness in Austin, Texas, and Dave is doing one of his bougie vacations. I don't know whatever to Dave does. He goes to the Catskills in New York. I don't know. Whatever. So I had to call my friend Scott because Kevin, he's here. Thank God. But Kevin, because of breaking news in St. Louis, Kevin could have to eject at any minute. So I was like, I can't do the show with just me and Thomas. Thomas just insulting me back in Poland. I need another guy. So Scott was was nice enough to hop on with us at last minute. Scott, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. I, I'm I'm part of the big show now, so I feel like I'm officially in like the somewhat inner circle. And let's be honest, I think everybody has trouble listening to Dave. So, do you think, Kevin? Do you think that Dave might actually watch The Godfather on his vacation between no. stuffing his face with desserts and sugar? No, no, he's 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 going to be too busy going out to the numerous eateries and demanding the dessert menu, and uh, you know. <laughs> Asking, asking, did did you did you properly reduce this sauce or whatever the hell that uh, it is that you know foodies like him ask? Yeah, I just the thing is with the thing is with Dave, his vacations are 
he's probably you know what he's did the Islanders get eliminated? I think they might have. So he might he can't watch the Islanders. But I don't think so. <laughs> here's the here's Looking the thing too. For it now. We'll talk to Andrew next week. Andrew, I was talking to him live while he had his first Bucky's experience. And him and his wife were like, this cannot be real, Bucky's." I'm like, Andrew, it is. Enjoy it, my friend, as he drove to Austin. But um, as we get back on track into Saints news, Kevin, the Saints got mm-hmm. good news with the salary cap. It's going to go up to like $208 million in cap space for next year, supposedly. And it can't go any higher because they have something where they have to pay back the players' uh, pensions and all that. Cap space will be better. So my first question to you is, how reckless is Mickey Loomis going to get Knowing he has this extra cap space, how reckless do you think he will get handing out extensions to players and or doing moves in season, i.e. trying to use other teams' cap space to sign Jadavion Clowney? How reckless is, is, is Mickey Loomis going to be with the extra like $20 million in cap space for 2022? Solve your so problems much. with aggression. So my first, <laughs> my first response is... How how much? Well, obviously you said it. He's getting twenty million, but it's fifteen percent higher than this year. Okay, but how close was he going to be up against it next year and the following year? He will have escalating salaries with such with the two hundred and eight million dollar cap. Mickey Loomis will have about six hundred thousand dollars in space. The Saints have two hundred and seven million dollars committed to 2022, 2022 with thirty nine players under contract. Now look, <laughs> it, it, what you said two hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah. So I'm sure Loomis can, you know, renegotiate, work work the Loomis math and stuff, and and make a couple of things happen. I'm not I I just kind of enjoy going for the ride on Twitter whenever he does something so I can just see everybody like react and just feel euphoric about anything that Mickey Loomis does. I I guess I just like being well not like, but I feel like I'm kind of the wet blanket on this. Like I just look at it like, all right, good. We can afford to keep what we have and that's fine. Does know, it, we just got to be really careful about how we spend. We can't go out and act crazy, but I but know that's will. not the fun, the fun response that you're looking for. So, Scott, yeah. give me the fun response I'm looking for. I was just thinking with the extra cap space, it could mean potentially if things fall right during the year, trade deadline is what, week six? Knowing they're going to have extra cap space, do you think – it could make them more aggressive at the deadline during the year because they got to do the extensions anyway with Ramchek or, or Lattimore or whoever, right? So that the, the cap space doesn't necessarily affect that, or maybe it does. What's your biggest takeaway from the good news that we got via the cap? 
Yeah, he, he'll be reckless. It'll be like Ralph at the casino. <laughs> if he realizes, oh, I have an extra credit line. I can go back to the ATM again. That's right. Especially if they're like four and two, five and one or something, and you're coming up against the deadline. Even if they're three and three, like he'll convince himself, we can we can make a run here. Like even though they probably can't, he'll he'll be reckless. Now, if you know if they get off to a shitty start and things are really bad then maybe he actually does the responsible thing, which wouldn't be bad, like Kevin suggests, you know? Like, you you got a little extra than you thought. Let's sign these guys to extensions. But once they do that, you sign those guys to extensions, that frees up a little space. Like, he's never going to think two, three, four years down the road. He thinks he can hit the roulette table that night, and he's going to keep going back to it until <laughs> finally, you know, they cut him off or they throw him out. So I, I definitely see him at some point. I mean, reckless. I don't know that he's going to do, like, seven or eight, you know, different crazy things. But I definitely think during the close to the deadline, especially if they're like four and two or five and one, he'll probably make a move, trade for a corner. They got the compensatory picks next year. So they've got a little bit of ammo. I see him probably making one or two decisions that, uh, you know, same Twitter will will go bananas over one way or the other. Kevin, is your nightmare scenario scenario with the Saints is like they trade like a second next year and they nuke future cap to get like some rando corner that may or may not help them? Is that your what's your nightmare scenario? Because I, I enjoy I enjoy. No, I mean your... that sounds that sounds pretty close, man. I mean. <laughs> You know, like once we get past the draft, I have my momentary uh, sigh of relief that, okay, we're not trading any. There's no there's no more risk of trading possible future picks now that the draft is behind us. Despite the fact that, yeah, he can trade draft picks at any moment. I kind of just tell myself not that I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, So, yeah, him trading a future pick to get some middle-of-the-road secondary player that ultimately does little or no good would... <laughs> yeah, that that would really set me off, Ralph. Scott, you would, you would by have the way... Weeks I... of, you would have weeks of me pulling my hair out. I'd look like <laughs> Dave by the end of it. Scott, what's the most... I wouldn't want to say controversial move, but what's the move that they could do in the summer that would make Saints Twitter lose their freaking minds? Like, what could they do before week one, cap-wise, contract-wise with a player, where we would be like, this is insane, and it would be the thing where you call me and you're like, hey, Lafayette, you got to get on my radio show because this is crazy. Well, I think, for one, they would they can bring back Adrian Peterson, right, uh, Kevin, who hasn't retired <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you remember those jokes. I'm glad. I'm glad you remember the the that era. That's the worst. You are, you are joking. Uh, you are you aren't joking. But I I I actually side with you on that. Uh, a good Kevin Rance always. I, I don't know. I enjoy him. Uh, what could they do? I mean, going like to make him go crazy, like you know, like they the the Saints Twitter did with Andrews Pete last year. I mean, is there a move that they could make? I think. If you go out and like any corner they sign, I think you're gonna have 
um, regret, and then you know this is the this is the this is the ticket to the Super Bowl. Like there, it's going to be double sided, but everybody focuses on Richard Sherman. I think like the Josh Norman backstory of like the fact that they tried to trade so much for him to begin with. If there was like a, any kind of slight overpay for someone that hadn't even been signed yet, or who could you give an extension to on the roster right now that would just have people just get really pissed off? James. I mean, if they sign Marcus Davenport to an extension this summer because they're you know they're convinced he's he's the guy, I think I think Saints Twitter would probably if lose they their signed, mind. If they signed Jameis to an extension. And it's before he plays. Before yeah. he plays, and it was like yeah. a four-year, hundred million dollar extension. But it was like sort of Saints friendly. But Jameis got a good bit of money up front. People would lose their minds. Like I believe, I really believe. Like we, yeah. People would lose their. People minds. lost their mind with, but they gave Taysom Hill fake money, and people still <laughs> lose their mind every day online. The, the Taysom be, Hill fake money is Mickey Loomis's. That's his gift to us this offseason. Kevin, people tweet me randomly once a week. It'll be somebody, and they'll be like, ho, 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 the Saints gave Taysom Hill $140 million. How's that working out? Like, that is the gift that keeps on giving. Florio pumps it. ESPN pumps it. It is amazing. I feel like because he couldn't do any moves, the $140 million he gave Taysom, like, that's Mickey Loomis's gift to us this offseason. So what would be crazier if they did something with Jameis before the season started or if they waited maybe like Ooh. five games in, That's right. Saints are three and two, Jameis, you know, he's thrown like six touchdowns, five picks. Oh, my God. You know, like. Or, or yeah, like if a stat line is is like that, but their record's a little better. Yeah, I, it, it, I, like the the Bills did that, or was it the Titans? Who did one of them did it with Fitzpatrick? I think it was the Bills. Like they were four and zero, he was playing great, and they gave him a giant extension, like way too yeah. early into the season. And of course, he, I mean, it's magic. Like it happened. Suddenly there were a lot of picks. They weren't in the playoffs. He was exactly what he always was, and that was buyer's regret big time. Yeah. I, <laughs> You sign you sign Jameis to an extension during the season because things get off to a decent start. I think I think that would be that would be great content. I know that much. Great. It would be amazing, but it would also we lose our mind. Like even if it's like friendly to the Saints, Kevin, I just think there's a yeah. there's there is a segment of people. There's a segment of the Saints fan base. They they I hate to say that they want Jameis to fail, but they just. They don't want Jameis long term, and and like there's nothing short of a Super Bowl that he can give them where they will believe in him. So there's a big segment of Saints fans that like if the Saints make a commitment to Jameis quick, and it's like a a quick I love you, let's get married right now, before the end of the season, whoo, people will be hot, hot. Um, so. Here's here's another thing that's really interesting to me. As we, you know, Scott, you mentioned about Richard Sherman, maybe Josh Norman, what they'll do with the cap, uh, sign a corner. But is June first? It's Tuesday. You know, the Julio Jones rumors are really heating up, right? Russell Wilson wasn't at Seattle's uh, off season 
uh, workouts and stuff. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still uh, really, really wants to go and host Jeopardy and quit the Packers. We know that. Um, but is is this is this all going to be just talk and June not really going to be that interesting, or is it going to be the most interesting June we've ever had in free agency? One of them's got to happen. Like one of them has to happen. I think Julio Jones is obviously the most likely one. One of the two quarterbacks goes, then it's it'll it'll just be it'll be insanity. Um, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers, I. I, I Julio will probably go to Seattle, and then that'll just mm. lock off the fact that that Russell Wilson isn't going anywhere. So then all eyes are on Green Bay because I think if Julio goes at this point, it's it's not a surprise. I mean, he wants to get out. Um, yeah. Everyone's expecting it after June first, so it's got to be, um, you know, like a, a ripple effect that like is just tears up the entire league and any kind of Aaron Rodgers thing. Now, does that happen after June first, or does that happen like in the training camp when he decides I'm not showing up, I'm not doing anything? I think Green Bay, if they, I think they're in denial. You know, like <laughs> yeah, if they get rid of him, it's going to leave them with you know some dead money on the cap or whatever. But he just wants to get like he he's miserable, like he's just miserable. He wants to get out of there. I think if and that would be great, right? Get him to the AFC, get him out of the NFC. I'm down for it. But if Aaron Rodgers, if the MVP gets traded in June, it would absolutely be the, the craziest June in the history of the NFL. Kevin, Scott's right. One of those has to happen. But, like, where do you want – do we want Julio Jones? Do we want him to go somewhere in the NFC and fail? Or do we just want him out of the NFC entirely? Like – Aaron Rodgers, that's obvious. But, like, what do we want for Julio Jones? Because he's been in one of these players where, like, he's been great for Atlanta, but we don't really – I don't really hate him. Like, he, he's never said anything interesting, you know? So what about Julio Right, I Jones? mean, he's – right. He, he's he's not – he doesn't draw – he's not Roddy White. Um. So he's already got that going for him, which is nice. <laughs> and he's talented enough, obviously – so there's always a worry that he could some you know that he could just go off in a game against the Saints, make a bunch of catches and facilitate an Atlanta win. Yeah. And yet for all the prior history says no 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 Julio is a is a joke when when he's playing the Saints. So why should we be worried? So yeah, I I, the, I come down on it. Look, if he wants out, great. Bye. Uh, go wherever you want. Uh, preferably the AFC. If you go somewhere in the NFC, I'm not going to be that worried about. I'm not going to be that worried because he had Matt Ryan. And look, I know we all like to laugh at Matt Ryan and the the Photoshop. Yes, we do. Picture of him in a the the, the bra and everything. But Matt Ryan is a talented quarterback and Julio Jones is a talented wide receiver. And the saints were able to, the saints were, have been able to render Julio mostly ineffective. So I think if he goes anywhere else, it would be similar results. I would still prefer him to go to the AFC. Last yeah, thing. If, if he goes to a contender in the NFC or if he goes to like San Francisco, I mean, San Francisco, I'll be booing the shit out of him. But if he ends up somewhere like Arizona or somewhere that just 
doesn't really impact me. He if, if he is up on any team I don't hate and doesn't really have any kind of edge over the Saints, then I root for him because then then you can laugh at Atlanta. And that's all that's all we really want at the end of the day. Like what we want to do. We want to we want to mock we want to mock Atlanta. We want to we want to drink their tears and you know, there's a sense of like if you ask a diehard Atlanta fan, there was a there was a catch that he made in the Super Bowl against New England that was ridiculous and really should have wrapped up that Super Bowl for them. But of course, twenty eight to three happened. Um, last thing on Julio Jones, Scott is everything I read on like PFT and Twitter and is the Atlanta keeps saying we got a first round pick off for him. We we got a first round pick off, so you better bring your you better bring something strong to the table. I feel like that's a lie. I think that's Terry Fontenot full of shit. Like I don't think Atlanta got offered a first round pick for him, and I'll be stunned if they get a first round pick for Julio Jones. Yeah, same man. Like you you throw it out there. The more you hear it from various insiders, the more it reeks of bullshit. But even though they can't really do it till post June 1st. I mean, we saw the Stafford golf trade happen. Like it didn't happen, but the agreement was reported on, like the playoffs were still going on. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was a long way away before it could happen. So if they had a first, they could have agreed on it already. Like, it's not like we wouldn't be hearing Atlanta has a deal in place for a first from Seattle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I think they're just trying to drum up the price. If they get a first rounder for a guy that, has amazing stats, but is older, is more injury prone, and wants to get the hell out of there. And everyone knows that you know Atlanta's trying to deal them. They get a first round, and like, who would do that? Houston? Well, they don't have a first rounder, so like, who's dumb enough to give up a first rounder for them? I, I think, I think it's just the Falcons leaking that out there in hopes of trying to drum up the price. But at the end of the day, I just don't see them getting a first. We are on the Locker Room app every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock talking Saints, talking NFL. It's amazing. You can interact with us, goof it to us. We're having a blast talking Saints live. All you have to do is go download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and then join the NFL group. Follow me at Saints Happy Hour to be notified when the room goes live. We'll be going live every Wednesday at around 9 o'clock to talk Saints. So do it. Download the Locker Room app today and then join us live every Wednesday at 9 o'clock. We don't hate Julio Jones as much as we hated Roddy White. I would venture to say, Kevin, Saints fans don't even hate Julio as much as we hate Andres Pete. Poor Andres Pete decided to get on Twitter and tweet about uh, uh, PFF. They tweeted out the top 30. They, he tweeted out not a top guard. And it wasn't him saying he wasn't a top three guard. They didn't have Andres Pete in their top 32. And Saints Twitter proceeded to drag him like he was a dead body through the town square on Game of Thrones, Kevin. So it got me to thinking... Where does Andres Pete rank in most hated Saints player by Saints fans? Like he's up there. Like Saints fans hate that dude. I mean, this only just seems like the the last season in particular that that's come about. Like oh, let know. it linger. I, I don't know, man. Let it linger a little bit. You know, another year or so. Uh 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm not ready to put them. I'm not ready to put them in the in the on the Mount Rushmore. It's a hard match. It's a hard match, though, Scott. I was trying to think of a. I mean, we've hated Saints fans. We've hated players: Jason David, Brandon Browner, Adrian Peterson for Kevin. But all the players that that Jonathan I Jonathan Sullivan, Jonathan Sullivan, all of the players we mentioned, right? They all were terrible. Andres Pete is not terrible, so I have a hard time finding a player like him that Saints fans have such vitriol for. I was trying to think, maybe Fred Thomas, but at the end, he, str- yeah. he yeah. struggled. That's the guy that comes to my mind. Like, he was, he had some good years, but by nature of that position, I think when you're a corner, like, you, you have a couple of bad games and you're just done for some fans. And in 06, he had some bad days and he had some bad days in the postseason. And so they forget that in the, you know, Jim Haslett era, like, he was, he wasn't a bad player. Like, Pete's a guy that's been to Pro Bowls like coaches like him, he uh, I think he got off on the wrong foot. Right, his first camp, he's out of shape. Then he's injury prone. He's like the it's like it's like when you drop your iPhone and it doesn't have a case on it. You like freak out anytime it falls. Like anytime Pete hits the ground, you're like, is he is he done for the year or is he gonna pop back up? It, you know, do you have to send him to IR? Do you have to send him to the repair shop? But the the like in terms of how Saints fans view this guy, it's. It's. I, I think you're right, Ralph. It's like he's polarizing in some aspects in that he doesn't really have too many defenders. Like just, I guess me just pointing out like, you know, like it's been said by a lot of people, right? Like his mistakes are just magnified. And then he's injury prone. He came into his first camp out of shape. They wanted him to be a tackle, but then he had to be a guard because he couldn't play tackle. And then Sean Payton calls him out publicly. So there are all these sort of skins on the wall for these fans that, like, can't stand him that it, anytime he does something good or there's something nice written about him, they're like, yeah, we'll just check the wall. Like, that's – it doesn't matter. Who cares if he did something good? I mean, he's, uh, he got Drew he's really powerful. Yeah, I mean, but he's, he's a powerful guy. He, he goes up against three technique D tackles, like, a lot, and he pushes them around a lot like the Saints – have a good run game. He has something to do with that, but nobody wants to hear that. You know, it's like Andrews Pete, like that. I don't know who took that photo of him running in practice, like and raising canes is in the background, but that's that one goes in like the the Saints Twitter <laughs> hatred of a player Hall of Fame. That photo, I don't think it's fair. I, I think I think people are a little unfair to Pete, but it's weird, man. It's like you're not going to convince somebody. He could be. He's been to Pro Bowls. He could be a first team AP All Pro, and I guarantee you, most of the Saints Twitter would be like, "Nah, he sucks." Kevin, do Saints fans hate Pete more than they hated Shanley? I feel like Saints fans really dislike Shanley, especially at the end. Um, I could. I would say. I would say yes because I've noticed. I've noticed a higher level of vitriol toward Pete. I think with Shanley, it came across as, you know, guys at the, the you know, this is the end of the line. We need, we, we, it's okay. We can move on. It's okay. We, you know, let's just, let's just go. With Pete, it's like, there's still tread on the tire. We just think this guy's not good. Reason X, Y, Z. Wait, Thomas has a video playing. He's got a, the, that's the happiest Jason David probably ever looked in his Saints career. He's just smiling end to end. He's glowing. Um, Is that after the three interception game? 
Zach Streif was a player. Saints fans, they pretend like they love him now because he's the he was the radio guy and he's a coach. Dude, Saints fans, they had a strong, strong hate of Mr. Zach Streif. Scott, what is it about? What is it about like O linemen and cornerbacks? Because it because like, because because their their fuck ups are so yeah. glowing, and a lot of times their screw ups cost you games. A tackle gets beat, a corner gets beat, and it just sticks with you forever. You know, the, the Scott Stanley getting beat in San Francisco is a is sort of a aberration, right? Um, I think corner is just the most every every fan of every team, Kevin. I think they have a corner that they were just like that dude was horrible. I hate him. Like every team, I bet yeah. you in the NFL, if you ask a diehard, they can pick out a corner, even if they're New England or they're whoever that wins yeah. all the time. They can pick out a corner that they just hate. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I think there's you go to anybody that follows that and say, hey, is there somebody that you don't, like, is there somebody that you're not fond of and you would get, like, oh, yeah, this guy can go go lay down in traffic, you know, <laughs> you're in, a, in the corner area, in the O-line area, and to sort of piggyback off of what you were saying, it's not only the big plays, it's also the penalties. Yeah. You get... You get O linemen doing, you know, like the holding penalty or or uh, not encroachment. Why I'm brain farting right now? I apologize. False start. But thank you. What was it? Who is it? Who and, did it for the Saints? All the Jamal Brown. He false started all the time. Yeah, Wayne Gandy. Oh, Wayne Gandy. <laughs> oh, Wayne Gandy. God damn. See, boy, see, there's, um, like. That you're looking at players that are killing drives and taking away the fun or negating the fun. You get players in the secondary, okay, they can either give up a big play or they get pass interference calls that, you know, it's like, okay, so this guy get this guy's getting too handsy or he's getting singled out by the refs for these penalties and it's costing us. This guy's killing us, yada, yada, yada. That that would easily explain that. I mean, it, it's a lot easier, I guess, to hide if you're on the D-line or if you're a linebacker yeah. in that sense. Yeah, like we'll, we'll get on to like a wide receiver if they don't catch passes. But we're never like, God, that wide receiver, his blocking is fucking terrible. You know? Or, yeah, God, right. he had that motion penalty. Uh, you know, Scott? Um, but the last thing with, with Pete, I guess, is I just – I don't know, Scott, because – Saints fans blame him for Drew Brees' injuries. I don't know if Saints fans are ever going to, like, come around on him and have, like, a war. I was trying to think, too, of, like, is there a play? Like, Devery Henderson, early in his Saints career, Saints fans hated him because he didn't play. Yep. He dropped the ball all the time. Like, Devery Henderson, his first two years, he was a disaster. And by Stone the end hands. of his career, he was kind of beloved. I just don't see that happening for Andres Pete. 
Like that, he's not gonna. It's not gonna come full circle for him. Like he's gonna end, and the Saints fans are gonna be like, "Good, glad." Don't hit, let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Like I don't see a redemption story for Andres Pete, and it's sort of unfair. No, it is. Like I said, he could be a, a first team APL pro, and it's there's not going to be that like warm hug. Let's let's kiss and make up. And he's graded on a curve, right? Because he was a first round pick, and and he got a big contract. Yeah. Like. Streif was never disliked as much as Pete was, but there was, you know, they'd call him Zach Olay Streif. Like, there were some fans that couldn't stand him, and then they kind of kissed and made up. And part of it was Zach had a good personality. Part of it was he never got as big a contract. Part of it was he was a seventh-round pick. Part of it was that, you know, he would interact and he was cool. And later in his career, he actually had one of his better seasons. Like, like Armstead plays through injuries a lot, but he doesn't play bad. Pete plays through injuries, and he's... And his play suffers, but no one's like, no one will point out, yeah, but you know, he's playing hurt. Like, there's really, there's, like every, there's nothing. Every Pete, that's my theory. Every Pete gif on Twitter where he's terrible, he's usually got some sort of injury. But, Kevin, people in the in the YouTube chat are, they're tired of the, the Saints talk. They want... Kevin romance love life update. So I'm playing the ER theme. Give us give us the 30 second Kevin held uh, love life update. Um, okay. Hadn't seen each other for two weeks until last Friday. So went out together Friday, hung out Saturday morning and afternoon before I had to come into work. And, uh, yeah, like, Friday night felt like the first normal, like, it was the first, and I told her this, I said, this is the first time I think I felt normal since maybe the beginning of 2020. Uh, you did, like, a normal, like, dinner out movie? Yeah. That's Yeah, just, yeah, it was just a normal, like, we went out to this place that was, like, a nice, like, chill bar that is, like, my favorite place in St. Louis. And I just felt and, happy and content. Is she? And I just felt normal. Is she? I just felt like it was just a regular. Just everything about it was regular. Is I can't. She, I. You gonna? Is she gonna go to your wrestling? When are you gonna get back in the wrestling? Uh, the next wrestling event that I'm doing is July 9th. She knows about this. She has inquired about going. Yes. So. She definitely wants to go. So He's more we'll embarrassed about the podcast, out. Scott, than he is about the wrestling. Yeah. Well, I no. mean, you know, has she seen you in the tights yet? She's seen photos of me in the tights, yeah. so she knows what that looks like. <laughs> I mean, I, I, well, Scott, Scott, she's she's seen me in, in less than than the tights. I mean, seen, she's she seen, she seen you in the birthday suit. I just want to say right. that. I, I, I put on Twitter an article about the one billionaire in Louisiana happens to be a single woman. That's right. Uh, she owns the Saints and Pelicans. And I was like, you know, guys obviously got some ways. You know, he got the doctor. Would he be interested in Gail Benson? And like, Kevin no. said, no, nope. Very happy with the doctor. So just to, just to point that out, rather than make a move where he could possibly own the Saints, he's like, I'm good. I'm content. Can we just? Yeah, no, I'm happy. I am very much happy, very much in love with the doctor. Uh, it's yeah. 
Can, yeah, can I? I'm extremely lucky. I am extremely lucky. I am extremely sappy. She knows this. Uh, I tell her that every so often when I say something like that. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry if that's like too hokey or whatever. And she's like, no, that's fine. That's adorable. I'm like, all right. Okay. You know, 40-year-old me is is uh, silly when it comes to that kind of shit. So whatever. Here's the thing. I just want to say this about Gail Benson. She took on the entire Benson family when they were like, Tom Benson is senile. We want the team from him. We're going to fight over it. Scott, she got everything. She got the Pelicans. She got the Saints. She got the Horses. The family, I don't know what they got. They didn't get that. I feel like Gail should give a TED Talk. Like, she is amazing. And I'm happy she's doing it. I think she she's the, was the best case scenario of all the family chaos. And God forbid um, somebody else would have got in the Benson family, especially the granddaughter. Jesus. Um, but I think that's like an underrated thing of Gail. Like, she went to war with the Benson, and she got it all. All of it. Yeah, yeah you, she'll never give the TED Talk. She's not giving away her secrets. No. Like, she's got a way. Um, I don't know, man. She's she's probably cutthroat. I would not. That's not somebody you'd want to cross. I'm not saying anything bad about Gail. Gail's a wonderful woman. I'm scared of her a little bit. Yeah, honest. I would be scared. I mean, she, she, she got the kingdom, man. She got the keys to the kingdom. All of it, you know? So what happened? Here's the thing, though. Like, what happens... I mean, she's still a younger woman, but like, what what comes after Gail? I don't know. That 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 to me, like, I, I try not to think about that because that to me is that to me can be frightening, Kevin. Maybe she can figure some kind of way out where they can put it in a trust or something because she's the only billionaire in Louisiana, and the Saints, if you sold them, they'd be like two two and a half billion. So like, you're gonna have somebody yeah. outside of Louisiana and say whatever you want about Gail. Yeah, she did the things with the Catholic Church trying to help him was a little bit kind of icky feeling. I do believe yeah. she has the best intentions of the Saints and the Pelicans. She's invested a ton in both. I believe she has the be- the the best intentions for those teams, and she wants them to win. She leaves Loomis and Peyton alone. Like you get some jack wagon hedge fund billionaire owning the saints in like 15 years that to me could be terrifying because then it's a daniel snyder type or the guy from carolina you know Uh, here's the thing if she wants to if she looks to sell the team she could theoretically i mean i don't know how many how many hundred millionaires are in louisiana but you could get a yeah you could do like a consortium yeah. To put together an offer and buy the team and keep the team in the state. The worry comes after that because with a cons- there's always going to be somebody buying up shares and That's, you yeah. know here and there, you know, you'll have like the majority owner and they'll freeze out the minority owners or agree to buy the minority stake and do whatever. I I think of the the Rams. Um the Rams owner, what was her name? Uh Georgia. Georgia. Frontier, yeah. Fr- yeah. Wait, Frontier or Frontier? Frontier. 
I don't know. It, it, but she she sold it to Cronky. Uh, Cronky, right? Toupee guy, Cronky, Cronky, and a, and, a, and a few other people. And I think Cronky was the majority owner, but then Cronky was able to like buy, buy out or acquire enough shares from other people, and then he ends up, you know, ditching the city or whatever. That would be my my worry instead of her just selling it to, to one person outright. I I don't know. I feel like if she sells it to one person outright, it's that, that that's. I see that as less of a possibility. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think that a new ownership group would move the Saints, but the Pelicans. You know, that would be a worry too. Let's just hope Gail just sticks around for a while, and you know, I mean, she's she been in some. Be, she needs to live to be a. She needs to live to be a hundred, yeah. and uh, you know, I, speaking of Gail, because Tom Benson marrying Gail was a good decision, but I want to talk about yes. bad decisions that that we, we've made personally and the Saints have made because J.D. Roberts, former coach of the Saints, he passed away. Uh, uh, full disclosure, I didn't realize he was still alive. Uh, he was the coach when they drafted Archie Manning, but here's the thing that I want to tie it into making bad decisions. J.D. Roberts, he was the second coach of the Saints. The Saints fired Tom Fierce and J.D. Roberts' first game as interim coach of the Saints was when Tom Dempsey kicked the 63-yard field goal. And John Meekham, the owner of the Saints, he was so excited that they set this NFL record and beat the Lions. He made J.D. Roberts the the permanent coach and gave him a two-year contract like right after the game. And Kevin, that is the definition of a bad decision you make under emotional high or stress and you regret it immediately like jd roberts was fucking terrible like and i'm when i say terrible like if you ranked saints bad coaches jd roberts he would be up there most assuredly so I got to thinking, Scott, like what is a bad decision you made uh, based on emotion that like maybe it felt good in the moment, but then like five minutes later, you're like, that's a terrible decision. Yeah, I'm some, I, I don't, I wish I had like something better. I mean, like I usually think things through, but it all basically comes back to sports. Like you get a guy on your fantasy team that goes off one season, probably has no business doing it again. You feel like connected to that individual, and then the next year you draft them way too high, you draft them again, or you do whatever you can to get them, knowing like that's really bad. You know, I've made I've made bad emotional decisions, I, like when it comes to eating. Sometimes, you know, like you get emotional, you get sad, you know, and you just go get you know like a twenty piece or something. You know, they used to have a Popeyes buffet here in Lafayette. That thing knocked me out cold a couple of times, but. I don't know. Most of the decisions, I, I think of them for a while. Like, I got kicked out of my high school graduation for just, like, being goofy and, like, falling on purpose. But, like, I thought it through, and, like, I don't I don't really regret it. It was probably a good decision. I mean, it made for a good story. So, I don't, I don't know, man. I feel like you guys probably got me smoked on this. J.D. Roberts, he has the worst winning percentage of any Saints coach that coached more than 16 games. 
his winning percentage was 243. He was 725 and 3 from 1970 to 72. Like, Hell yeah. So, I mean, like. But that, that Dempsey kick, man. That Dempsey kick. Dempsey, I mean, the Saints were the Saints were a dumpster fire anyway in the 70s, so maybe it wouldn't have mattered. But, like, the hot, making him the permanent head coach was the worst decision they possibly could have made. Not that the, the Dempsey kick was a bad thing, because let's be honest, all through my childhood, the Dempsey highlight was the only thing that the Saints had of any consequence, really. Um, but my bad decision... Is is pretty good. Okay, so when I first moved to uh, Texas and I was living in my sister, her house, they had moved to Korea uh, to take a job, her husband. And so I was living in their house in Katy. And you know those people that sell shit door to door and they sell things and like this. Well, they had a girl come to the door and she was selling restaurant gift cards. And... She was cute, and at the time, I was single, so I was like, maybe if I buy the restaurant gift card, I could get her number, blah, blah, blah. I spent... You're going to shoot your dick off. (laughs) (laughs) So I I bought $100 of restaurant gift cards, and immediately after I did it, I knew it was a bad decision. And the restaurants didn't even take the cards later to add insult to injury. So that is my. So you got scammed. That's my bad emotional decision. So you got scammed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's it. Yeah. I got I got scammed. Yeah, I mean that was a scam. I mean you got sold something that didn't work. It was a scam. Well, well what did she do to like make? Like set off this dopamine. Like, wh- what did she do? T- Dimson sixty-three yard field goal s <laughs> to make you buy those worthless. Basically, I mean, you spent hundred dollars on to exist. She just had to exist. That's it. That's it, Thomas. I was single and desperate. She just had to exist. She had to wink a couple times. She probably she was dressed nice. She smelled nice. I don't know, Scott. Like I was I was alone. I was in Houston. I didn't have any friends. I was desperate. yourself at the time. Yeah, like. I I will say that she made it sound like I had a shot. So that's why I did the gift cards. And the gift card the the, the, the diff the gift cards didn't even it was seductive. So I got what, she, she was a, What were they to, right, so they didn't work like what restaurants are we talking about? They were like to like a Thai kitchen. And like a barbecue place, the barbecue place guy, I gave him the card and he just laughed. <laughs> He's like, we don't that is take the worst these. joke I've ever heard. He's like, we don't take these. I'm like, you shouldn't have bought them. I'm like, fuck. And that was the <laughs> second time. Like this, like that's the time I knew I got God because the first one, the first restaurant you go to, you're like, well, maybe they're confused. Their system doesn't work, and blah 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 blah. When you go to the second restaurant and it doesn't work, you know you got got. And yeah, so that's yeah. my bad emotional decision. You know, is it is is me getting scammed out of a hundred dollars for fake restaurant gift cards, Scott? Is that a worse decision than the Saints hiring J.D. Roberts? 
Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, you you know, you got like that. She made you feel something, right? It was you basically spent a hundred dollars to to feel good about yourself for like ten minutes. You know, I mean, they 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 signed JD Roberts and just bought themselves more misery for a couple of years. At least you got something like good out of it. I could, I could have, I could have gone to a strip club and felt a lot better. Did you tell your wife about it? No, I mean, well, probably now she's probably listening now. I mean, she knows I'm. Hey, Tomas, check the timestamp on this. My wife knows who I am. She knows I'm an idiot. Um, I think I, I, uh, I remember one time I got mad because my mom is like always big on like April Fool's jokes. and But like she tells them wrong. Like she like says like good things like, oh, your sister got this big like part in this in this film. Isn't that great? I'm like, yeah. She's like, April Fool's. Ah. It makes no sense. It's really dumb. But like I went like I think when I was in high school, I just got mad when she got me once. So. You know, like the next day or, or like later that night, I like sat my parents down and told them like, you know, I, uh, you know, we're drug testing at school now. I just don't want you guys to find out from someone else. I just want to let you know, like, I'm going to test positive for like a lot of different drugs. You know, it's really bad. And they both just had this like exhale of like just extreme, like just stress and worry. And then my mom goes, and I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> and they were like, that is not funny. Like, what the hell was wrong with you? Like, why would you do that to us? So that was one where I got emotional because I was mad that they got me. And I probably could have gone a different route with the April Fool's joke. You know, probably could have just loosened up the salt or something. But instead, I, uh, I had them worried that I needed to go to rehab for a little while. Thomas, oh, no, they, no, do, do no, no. April that's Fools? brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I'll take it. Thomas, do they <laughs> have brilliant. April Fool's in Poland? Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. So, it's a follow up to <laughs> So, Thomas, we're gonna get straight to the we're gonna go straight to the questions because I want to yeah. I, I want to save the fran- I want to save that the, the the topic we were gonna talk about. I want to save that till next week. But before we get to questions, before we get to questions, I want to Scott. I did a horrible job of plugging you. Tell the people you're on fourteen twenty in Lafayette. Uh, tell the people how they can listen to you uh, either live or streaming on the air. You do a fantastic show in Lafayette. Tell the people how, do they, how they can listen. Thanks, Ralph. Just follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore 1420. A lot of links there. Uh, great Scott Show podcast. A lot of the interviews get posted up there at Scott with an acronym S.C.O.T.T. And um, subscribe, listen. Usually in the summertime, I interview lots of former Saints players and get a lot of good stories out of them. So there'll be a lot of that content coming up in the next few months and talk to uh, some of the guys from this this here podcast from time to time. It always turns – there's been a few times I have to, like, bleep Ralph because he forgets <laughs> that he's on the radio and not a podcast. I'm like, Scott, I just got to say that that was fucking crazy. I'm like, no, no, no we can't do that. So, yeah, Scott, Scott knows, knows better than to get- put me on live. We tape. Yeah. yeah, it's like early in the morning, Juniper Ralph. So I'm like, let's let's record ahead just so I can bleep them out bleep once out. or twice. Dude, there was one time. All right, quick story. One time I was interviewing uh, Luke Lawton, who like he played in the NFL. He won a Super Bowl with the Colts. He's from here, and he just I guess he curses a lot. So he came on once, trying to get more stories out of him. He played with like Peyton Manning and stuff, and 
like I think he was a little nervous. So the next time I brought him in, I was just like, let me how do I make him comfortable beforehand? I'm like, look, you know what, Luke, just don't think of it as an interview. Just think of it as like you and I were just chilling, we're just talking, you know. Um, just try to just don't curse, right? But because it's live, but just remember we're just just talking football, man, you know. And he's like, Okay, cool. Like that sounds good. So I, I ask him, like, it's the beginning of training camp. I'm like, man, take me back to your first training camp. You're undrafted. Like, what's going through your mind? First thing out of his mouth. Well, I was, uh, I was, I went to my locker and I'm like, there's not an SDM helmet or a McNeese helmet. It's like a Buffalo Bills helmet. I'm like, holy shit, I fucking made it, man. Like, first thing out of his mouth. <laughs> so that interview got cut off really short. But uh, anyway, yeah. So um, not as much cursing as you would hear on this or, or Drunk Saints history or something, but... Uh, give it, check it out. Give me a follow, and I'll shut up. My and... favorite drunk Saints histories is when Scott is working late, and he's like, "Hey, Ralph, I'm working late. You want to do a drunk history?" And we just we right. just fired up right. to do it. Those are the best kind. Um, and also, Thomas, we 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 started the voting for the Drew Brees worst decision bracket, and we're gonna start that next week. And and vote in the polls because you can be a tiebreaker. But show the people these. Gra- Thomas is working his ass off on these graphics this graphic here is tremendous but thomas not only does he has an entire bracket he has animations for each matchup uh with jokes with explosions and all this like look at look at this graphic he's it's it's practically professional kevin look at it yahoo finance versus hanging with bear grills or grills i don't know how you say the name yeah bear grills bear grills bear i mean name right we we got uh everything for this bracket it's going to be amazing people were uh scott when we posted the full bracket uh people were infuriated about the seating they were mad that we left off uh Drew Brees, we, they, they were mad we left off a couple of things. But I felt like overall, you can argue with the seedings. I don't feel like we left anything out that was like a horrifically bad Drew decision. Uh, you, I, th- I think you guys nailed it. I mean, it because like, you know, some were bringing up like kneeling or whatever. That's all tied into Yahoo Finance. Yeah. So like that's that's a one seed. You know, focus on the family. That was a, that was a bad look. And then he said he didn't know and stuff like i get why that wouldn't make the cut i i when i saw the bracket i want like i was looking i'm like all right what can i, I want to quote tweet and say this is woefully under or something but i couldn't i was like this is you know chef's kiss man this is like it i and and i laughed like i laughed a lot when i saw it this this thing has been a long time coming i'm glad you guys put it together kevin i gotta say Initially- the kevin hauser the kevin hauser movie credits oh, yeah. that's a sneaky one it's gonna go yeah. far initially when you showed the when you showed me the bracket i was saying that i thought the jimmy johns thing was overrated like like i didn't think that you know like jimmy johns like it's a he he owns a successful franchise like it's not like I've not heard, I've not read any stories about them losing money. I have not read any stories about health code violations or that he's a bad boss, doesn't pay people on time. Anything I, I've seen nothing about that. And I think it was Juge. Was it? It was Juge or somebody else. And I'm sorry if I if it was uh, somebody else. And I can't remember your Twitter handle. I apologize. But I was told it's not so much that it, it's not 
Jimmy John's itself. It's that Drew Brees decided to open a chain sandwich restaurant in the land of the po'boy and thought that would be okay. I mean, Jimmy I was like, jo- okay, that right, that makes that makes sense. That that makes sense. I get maybe, why it's in the bracket. Maybe I get why it would be seated that high. Maybe we burned down our Jimmy John's sponsorship opportunities, but like in the in the pantheon of sandwich <laughs> rankings, like Jimmy John's is like the bottom. Like it's you would take Quiznos over them, dude. Quiznos at least they toast the sandwich. I used to I used to wreck a honey bourbon when I worked at WWL. At Quiznos, that was like my lunch and dinner when I would work a double shift. Well, you wreck a, a honey bourbon regardless. Yeah, well, yeah. this is a honey, a chi- a honey right bourbon now. chicken. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, honey bourbon chicken. Rip, There's uh, a pattern with you. Hashtag our rip Quiznos. But, I mean, so anyway, the bracket is tremendous, and we're going to start having fun. And remember to vote on Twitter. Uh, because it can be a tie break if we if when we're all four here if it's two two the Twitter poll will be the tie break so Thomas fire up the music we got to get to uh, questions so I don't hear it I'll just start dancing no I I hear it love the song finger guns or finger gun wait, wait, wait Ralph what, what do you do you do this one or is that huge that's Juge. Juge does the handshake. I do the finger gun. So, Thomas, fire out the first question. Okay, we start off with the question from Dick Anuhill, a.k.a. Badrich, a.k.a. Matt. Prediction, does Jameis Winston throw over, under, or exactly 14 interceptions? And if he throws over, still give him an extension? Scott, what's the Mendoza line for, like, the Jameis extension? Like, where is it where it's, like, a very difficult call for you? Where, like, his stat line, the Saints record, like, where does it become... We know what we know what if it comes if it's easy. We know if it's easy to sign him or easy to let him walk. Where's the the spot for you where you're like, I don't know. So it's not just interceptions, right? Because I think he's going over in regards to the question. I'm thinking like probably 15, 16, mm-hmm. but total turnovers. So if he's fumbling it like you know, in hilarious fashion, like it wouldn't be as funny now that he's with the Saints, but like the typical Jameis, like clumsy fumble, and he's throwing tons of picks, but he's throwing for 4,800 yards and, you know, 30 plus touchdowns. If the turnovers are like above 20, I just, you can't do it. You know, if he, if he throws 15 picks, but only has like two fumbles and I, I get that that's a lot, but I'm, I'm, I mean, it's Jameis, you know, you're still cutting back quite a bit if that's the number. And he's throwing for over 30 touchdowns, and the deep ball is there, and, you know, the offense is still ranked pretty highly. I think they do it. You know, like if they get to 10-7 and and he has a stat line of 29 touchdowns and 15 picks and four fumbles and 3,600 yards, they're giving him the extension. But you start getting the turnovers up in, like, the 20s, you just – you can't – 
you just can't win consistently with that because the whole idea with Jameis is always about the turnovers, right? Yeah. And if he cuts back a little bit, cool. Maybe they'll win some games. But if he doesn't, he doesn't cut back. Like if he doesn't cut it in half, I. I that's, I mean, shit. I mean, he, what he leads the NFL in turnovers since 2015, uh, since 2014. Even though he didn't yeah, play I, in 2014, I've he didn't even really told, play. I've been told by Jameis one of one, no turnover ever is Jameis's fault. Okay. What that guy? I'm, I gotta read that book, man. I gotta read that book. He's it's amazing. That is idiot. You idiotic. Oh, by the way, oh, it was boy. Jim Moore's birthday this week. Uh, this past week, and I I tweeted out the podcast that I made where I combined all the Jim Mora bracket every round. It's like two hours long, but it is freaking amazing. You should listen to it. Uh, it's one of the best things we've ever done. It's just it's completely ridiculous. Uh, so Thomas, what next? Okay, so next question is kind of tied up to the last question from Christmas. It's super long. <laughs> Man. Are you all ready for an entire season of debate and criticism of Jameis turnovers when opening up the offense will inevitably result in more than the last few seasons, even if Drew were still the QB? How many interceptions will you consider too many? Kevin, here's my question for you, because that's kind of the similar similar question we just had. Yeah. My question to you is, how good does Jameis have to be to start the year t- before he can have a clunker Jameis-type game where we cut him some slack? Like, like how you know what I'm saying? Like, how good does the Saints have to yeah. start before he goes and throws the he has the three turnover, three fumble game, and they get their ass kicked wherever? Like, how good does he have to be before that? Where we're like, it's okay, Jameis, it's just one bad game. Like, how good does he have to be uh, to where we excuse a bad turnover game? Winning cures. Winning is cover. Win, winning can cover a lot of things. So if let's say if the Saints are four and zero, four and one, and if Jameis Jameis doesn't have to be hitting three hundred yards every game during that stretch, but if he's going a couple touchdowns, making some you know decent runs for first down, and maybe throws if he even averages like two and one, two TDs and a pick every single one of those games, and and the Saints are winning. And they have a winning, you know, four and zero, four and one. If they get blown out in that next game, and Jameis just shits the bed, I think you'll get a small amount of people that'll say, "Ah, see, see, we see, we knew it," but I don't think it'll grow. The team winning can mask a lot of that. Now, if the team is winning in spite of Jameis. And, you know, if he's throwing just one touchdown and fumbling, one touchdown making boneheaded throws or boneheaded decisions or taking, uh, you know, the delay of game or having to call timeouts because he can't get the playoff in time, all that kind of shit, then that's then that's a problem and more people will pile on. Here's But I, I, I think minimum, minimum a good run of four games – 
and 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 he gets he gets a pass. Scott, how good does Jameis have to be the first month of the year to earn his own mini fathead on my wall of uh, excellence? He's got to be as good uh, as, as Jameis one of one thinks he thinks he is. <laughs> like he he's got to be. I mean, to earn a spot up there, thing like here's the thing about Jameis. Like he, it, he's fun. Like it's fun. Like there were times. In in the nothing was more fun than the Peyton Breeze era, so don't get me wrong. But like you know, you know, like the the debate would be in a Breeze game. You'd see memes, and they might be political, or they'd be about arm strength. And then after like a while, it's like, okay, whatever. Like Jameis, uh, I feel like all the arguing or or believing or not believing, like there's a there's an element of fun to it. And um, you know, like Kevin said, if you're win- if they're winning, like I feel like you, Ralph, are just going to use. Any excuse you can to prop him up. That's right. They start. They start four and zero. Like he's got. He'll have like three spots behind Fuck you. He'll have his Scott. own set on your wall. Scott, four and zero. All they need to do is beat Green Bay, and I will stop at the gift store on my way out of the dome and buy a Winston jersey. 4-0. Get the fuck out of here. He looks good against Green Bay. I'm wearing a jersey Tuesday. I'll wear a jersey Monday night after Week One. Don't what if it's – wait, what, what if it's not even Aaron Rodgers? As, doesn't as, as, it doesn't matter. The, it, that's the best part, Kevin. It, it doesn't even matter. It won't even matter. What next? Uh, next question. Uh, Lil Dice 504 asks, who has Michael Thomas been working out with this offseason? Taysom or Jameis? Ooh, that's a good question. I didn't think of that. Yeah. I haven't seen him anywhere. He's kind of doing his own thing. If if Michael Thomas, whoever he would pick, like that would be like the ultimate presidential endorsement, right, Kevin? Like if, if Michael Thomas, like if he was like whoever he chose to work out with, like it would be like the it'd be like uh, Oprah endorsing you for president, right? Like it would be like the it'd be like the dream endorsement. Yeah, but I I'm I don't even want to I don't even want to make a political metaphor or simile. I'm so well, I don't know, like past all that shit right now. But, but like, what would it yes, be? I'm that, trying to think of be, what would it be. That would be, be significant. That would be significant if there was video, like over the shoulder video of wince of you know Michael Thomas doing ten and outs, twelve and outs, and you know Jameis hitting him uh hitting him right in the chest with it like that would be tremendous yeah yep. it would be fun it would be i would love to see i would love to see the workout video with him and Taysom though just to see what kind of wacky shit they they they, they might do together i think like thomas he had that surgery when the season ended so he's probably not the only thing I saw him post was like some video of him looking like really jacked up and like ripped. He's like flexing. Um, but there's no like I haven't seen any videos of him like running routes yet or doing stuff. But all I know is when the Russell Wilson rumors were kind of hot for a minute about around the Saints, Thomas made it very clear he would like Russell to be the quarterback in New Orleans. So I don't know that he's like rushing off to uh, to work out with Jameis right now. What next? 
Okay, next question from uh, Balki. What's the order of the of most to least likely saint to be on the team next year among Ladimir, Teron, uh, Ramchick, uh, Marcus Williams, Davenport, Jenkins, and Jameis? I would say least likely of that, like um, Jenkins would be least because his contract is up. And they didn't really restructure him, I don't think. So I would say Jenkins would be most least likely. I would say second least likely would be Jameis. That's my contra. Any Anybody disagree with me there? Like, I still think Jameis is like 50-50 at best to be on the roster. I think after next season, just based – I mean, I love the guy. I think Armstead's – contract coupled with like he's going to need to have a relatively healthy season by his standards or he just might be one of those guys that you know it's kind of a very loving fair farewell sorry we have to do this type of exit but he, he's got to make it he's got to make it difficult for them by you know playing most of the games this year and performing at a high level I, I think I've always kind of been an Armstead stand you know he's played through a lot of injuries I get that he's missing time but He's only Man, 29. He's, Kevin, yeah. I was still. Does it feel the, like he's like older though? Doesn't it? He, he feels feel like he's 29. Like he's like the body of like a 36 year old. He does, Kevin. But but we did the locker room show, which by the way, everybody, you should join us every Wednesday. Download the locker room app. We we do a live show every every Wednesday, nine o'clock. We were talking about Armstead, and somebody in the chat room, I thought he was 32. Somebody's like, Ralph, once again, you were wrong. He's 29. I was stunned that Armstead is so young, Kevin, and I've. I just look at this list. I think Armstead is very likely to be gone because offensive line in the NFL, Kevin, Saints fans don't realize it, realize it, but it is kind of fucking terrible everywhere else. And teams pay out the nose for tackles. And if Armstead is really, really good and healthy, he is going to get a ridiculous contract from somebody. I would say out of that group, the most likely to stay – uh, next year would probably be Ramchek. Yeah. Based off of what you said. Um, so I would probably say him, Marcus Williams, then Davenport, then Lattimore, and then you can rank Jenkins, Jameis, <laughs> and Armstead however you want. I need Lattimore to get an extension just so Thomas can play the don't shoot your dick off soundbite for the next five years. You're going to shoot your dick off. Yeah. Like we need, like, like that's, that's almost in and of itself worth the Saints giving him five years, $110 million. Mm -hmm. So. What next? Okay. Last question from Biloxi Blues. Should the Saints bring in another kicker to challenge Lutz? Can we count on Lutz to be above 85% on kicks this year? Mm, I mean, I don't think they'll bring in a kicker during camp. But I will say, and either one of you can jump in here, Lutz struggled at the end of last year. He's not on a – he's on a shorter rope than I – than – most Saints fans believe. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I think he's I think he's like sneaky kind of candidate for like most pressure this year in terms of like you better perform. 
he gets off to a rough start. And just the margin of error is going to be slimmer this year, I think, for the team in this new transition. And there were there were a number of games where he got away with missing a, a crucial kick. You know, he hasn't – it's not like he's had – like Hartley had a lot of moments of, you know, think 2010 and that loss to Atlanta. You missed a 29-yard field goal, whatever. He had a number of kicks where it was so obvious that it was so memorable because, like, it cost him the game. Lutz has had some crucial misses that the Saints have gone on to figure out how to win, so they haven't been highlighted as much. But yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know how much pre- I don't know how much patience they're going to have if he gets off to a rough start, especially in a year where they need him to be um, as good as he's ever been. So I'm I'm kind of with you. I could see in the season if he starts struggling. Sean's Peyton's not you know it's, it's not like he's um, against bringing in an extra kicker. Like he'll have two on the roster just to put pressure on another guy. He's done that before. I mean they. So if he starts struggling. I could see him bring another guy in just to kind of fuck with Lutz's head a little bit, and then if Lutz keeps struggling, they they could they could make a move there. But they brought in I Blair bet, Walsh last year at the end of the year, in the but yeah. the week of the playoff game, I think to like try out. You know, so yeah, Lutz is all. Hang on, I do have I do have one I have one stat. Uh, this past season, the 2020 season, was the first time Lutz ever missed a kick under 30 yards. Wow. Yeah, like he. I mean, he was five. He was five for six, 29 and under. But that's the first time he's ever missed one twenty nine I mean, and under. If they had a loss to the Bears, we'd have crucified that guy. Like he missed a critical kick against the Bears, uh, but the Saints ended up winning, so we forget about it. Like Scott said, what, uh, what were her, what were his PATs last year? I don't remember. Do you have that, Kevin? Uh, let's see. <sighs> Extra points. Yeah, fifty seven of fifty eight. There you go. I think I you like okay. Was, I felt like he was more shaky than that on extra points, but my memory fails me. So before we get out of here, I want to remind people that we are at 294 patrons. And if we get to 350 by the first week of the preseason, my wife will take a pie and smash it in my face like I'm Soupy Sales on television in 1952. So become a patron, do it, sign up. You get the booze bundle. You get the podcast every single day. You get in the in the Discord where we're chatting, talking things. It's amazing. You should do it. And we need the support to keep paying Thomas so he can put this amazing show together. I'm just saying. So, guys, thanks for joining us. As always, thanks for everybody in the in the uh, in the on the YouTube joining us. Uh, if you should, you should find us on the YouTube. You should subscribe to our channel. You should find us wherever you get your podcast. If you don't give us five stars, don't give us any stars at all. Yes, Thomas, I know I forgot to do that at the beginning of the podcast because I'm a terrible host. I'm doing <laughs> it at the end. Shut your pie hole. Uh, so Fuck that. Let's for, go. <laughs> so for, for Andrew and Dave who are on their bougie vacations, wherever the fuck they are, for Kevin, for Scott Prather of 1420 and Lafayette, for pinch-hitting Late in the game, coming through in the clutch in on last second notice. We appreciate you, Scott, coming through. Everybody, support him in Lafayette. Find him on Twitter uh, and listen to his show on 1420 in Lafayette. For Kevin, I'm Ralph. Remember, kids, 
Don't shoot your dick off. And until next week, the bar is closed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.